baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. WTIC, Jeff, what's going on? Thank you for the call, sir. Hey, Todd. Uh, I just want to know how long is the media going to be reporting on this royal funeral? I mean, this is, oh, as long as they can. They love it. Days? It's this it's so ridiculous, isn't it? It's a bit much, and not for nothing. But what about Prince Andrew up there? I mean, is he the, uh, you know, what qualities does this guy have? Well, not good ones. No, and nobody says a peep. Well, this is the state of the media today. They really aren't interested in reporting things that matter. They're interested in what people will respond to. So if they can make themselves into an entertainment show, they're happy to do that and just put nonsense up on the screen for, for as you point out, endless consecutive days i mean there's nothing else to report on in america we've got some some issues going on yes but those require work they require mature people with understanding of issues and contacts inside of government and elsewhere in our society and if you notice the people who are presenting the news aren't aren't in a position to to know those things or be able to do those things yeah they're uh, it's a mess you are the comment on that. You are correct. Thank you so much, Jeff. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. Well, it's WTIC. Good afternoon to you. 860-522-9842. Where are we? Okay. Okay. So in, uh, let's see, we've got Red Janky coming up in about 25 minutes. And in an hour, we've got, well, it's Tuesday. So it's big fun. We have coming our way. Because Tom Scott is here on Tuesday afternoons. So that's the lay of the land. I want you to hear something, though. This is Ron DeSantis talking about Martha's Vineyard. Just a quick little defense, and I wanted to comment on this, and, and we can get your comments, too, if you have any. A quick little defense of, of what happened last week. They all signed consent forms to go, and then the vendor that, that is doing this for Florida provided them with a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard. It had the numbers for different services on Martha's Vineyard. So it was clearly voluntary, and all the other nonsense you're hearing um, is just not true. And, and why wouldn't they want to go, given where they were? So what I find interesting about what he's saying and, and this dawned on me as I was watching the news coverage of Martha's Vineyard, that you have all these activists. Did you notice this when you were watching it? There were all these activists who were coming together, bemoaning how horrible it was, the treatment of these immigrants, these migrants. And 
the the people who were doing that complaining were the people who were providing services. They were the the people who were coming, offering the loving support and free food and, and helping find places to sleep and beds for them, you know, blow up mattresses and all that. And they were the ones who were describing how horrible and cruel this was. There aren't reporters. See, reporters in the old days when you had reporters, reporters would have gone and found out what the story was. They wouldn't have believed the person who was there with the, with the free bed or with the free food or just with the lament coming because they were so horrified that people were being abused, in their opinion. Reporters would go talk with people and find out what the story was. But, but the TV stations that project these images, that control the flow of information from an event like what was going on in Martha's Vineyard, they have no idea what is actually happening. They go there with their camera, and they interview the people who are there. Well, Ron DeSantis isn't there. Governor Abbott from Texas isn't there. People who are being overrun at the border aren't there. The people who are there are the ones who maybe have contracts with the government to provide services for homeless people, who are activists, who devote their lives to helping people. It's wonderful that they do that. But they're on a particular side of the debate. They are the people who would project the argument that there's something horrendous going on because 48 people have ended up instead of with tens of thousands of other people flowing across the border every day, instead of being with them, they're on some resort island that's a 20-minute boat ride from Hyannis, the big city on Cape Cod. But they were able to project this distorted story about how things look from a an activist service provider's point of view. And that's where Tim Dillon, the comedian and uh, political commentator, comes in, because his, his take on this was pretty good, too. Now, Ron DeSantis has done something very cruel. Yeah, it's horrible. It's really horrible, because what he did was he sent a bunch of migrants to Martha's Vineyard. The season's over! <laughs> so that's a joke. Right? The season's over. You're sending them to Martha's Vineyard. That's cruel. You shouldn't be sending them when the season's over. They should be there when the, the, the buzz is going on and they get the real feeling of what the island life is all about for rich people. But no, these poor migrants who thought they were going to be in some shelter down in Florida or in Texas were instead being catered to by devoted members of the service community of Martha's Vineyard. And they controlled the story. But the fact is, this is an island that has a couple of hundred thousand extra residents during the summer months, most of whom have departed because it's September when this happened. Not all of them. There's still a lot of people there, and there's still people coming over on boats for day trips every day. Still restaurants open, but there, there was no deprivation going on. And I, I mention it not to rehash the story, but just to rethink how easy it is 
when you have the media that's in the pockets of the Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party loves illegal immigration, and you also have a media that's been stripped of its gusto by the Internet era, and they're perfectly happy to put out garbage news if it brings in big ratings, which certainly the uh, fiasco on the vineyard did. Not as big as Jaws, but it was still good business. 860-522-9842. Anthony, things are still not working here if you want to... Sorry, who's online for? Bob, hello there. Hello, Todd. This is G. Edward Griffin. I'm almost 90 years old, but I want to get the word about the creature from Jekyll Island Club, Georgia. <laughs> and I want to get the word about the non-federal Federal Reserve System. The Federal Reserve System was created, we're told, to be independent of Congress. But here they go. They print billions and trillions of dollars of money to create inflation. And now to correct the inflation that they created, they're going to crush the economy. And the word is coming out that it's 0.75 percentage points. The central bank was brought over from Europe at the beginning of our country. Mm -hmm. In 1832, President Jackson are you still there, Todd? No, I left, but I'm back now. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, 1832, President Jackson uh, abolished the central bank. Yep. And it took 70 years before the bankers got their bank back in Jekyll Island Club, Georgia. Can you put into brief language for average people what it is that's wrong with the Federal Reserve? What's wrong with it is it so so affects our the Wall Street, our retirement, our pensions, our four hundred one ks, because they print too much money, and then to correct their mistake, of course it's not a mistake because they're doing it on purpose. They crush the economy to bring the inflation down by getting rid of the mortgages. No, the interest rates are so high. That they're more uh, nobody's buying a home. They're not buying washer dish, dishwashers, washer dryers, uh, building materials, roofing. So, and then what happens is the elite, I'm sure, end up buying up all of this downtrodden stock, because, and we get hosed, the American people. And it's hard to do it in a, just a minute or two. Yeah, well, it is. That's why I was uh, I was hoping you might <laughs> I be able to. Appreciate you, Todd, for taking my call. And my, my little jest of humor there saying I was G.W. Griffin, the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island Club, Georgia, <laughs> where the Federal Reserve was created by on the island that was owned by the 50 most wealthy families in America. Yeah. Something to digest. Sounds like someplace Jolly Ned would live. Thank you for that. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Bob. 860-522-9842. Mike calling from Plainville. Hi, Mike. I have not lost any of my gusto. I spoke to Maurice yesterday, and I said they should have sent 5,000, 10,000 immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, fire C-5A galaxies and C-17s. That would have been, uh, they would have thought they were under attack. What they could have done was contact their Democratic stick figure with the Beach Boy haircut and the glasses. 
Wait, the Beach Lizzie Boy Warren. haircut, is that the president? No, Lizzie Warren. Oh. She's... <laughs> and, final point, Rensselaer Field in East Hartford is a great idea, but whoever came up with the uh, the slogan, we will, if you build it, we will come. Yeah. It's been changed to, if we build it, stay away. The place is a cluster bleep. Hasn't wow. Hasn't been repaired since it was built. Well, that's bad news. It leaks. The toilet, toilets don't work. The plumbing is horrible. There was a big article in the Hartford Current, yep. and they've had a number of uh, big safe, public safety issues over the years with uh, lack of police presence, uh, a lot of assaults, uh, intoxicated students. Troopers would go from their midnight shift directly to the stadium at 8 a.m., and they would leave at halftime. Being fully paid for the second half, senior citizens being assaulted at the exit when they left the stadium. Let's have somebody look into that. It sounds like the dream team, Mike. And then they go to Michigan. You know, Hartford's never been a a destination for, for anything. I've lived here most of my life. It's an insurance city. They couldn't keep the whalers. They're in between New York and Boston. What is the attraction? Well, that's a tough question. Mike, thank you for the call, as always. 860-522-9842. There's a lot of tough questions that need to be answered. And who's got answers? You know what? The, the complacency of people is kind of shocking, isn't it? Do you feel, maybe I'm misperceiving things, but I get the feeling there's a lot of people who think that the jolly Ned mode of leadership, like, that's good enough. Just having an aw shucks guy who says everything's wonderful and nothing's his responsibility or his fault, that that's, that's enough. I don't get this. How did we become so anesthetized to reality and to the idea that government should be taking some serious responsibility for making sure that it lives by the principles of the American system of keeping itself lean and mean and not running around looking to buy votes and spend money that doesn't exist in order to do so. That's a tragedy. We've got to find a way to recover from, don't you think? Anthony, what was the conversation we were having earlier that was, uh, when it was just the two of us, was so enticing. Was it along these lines? Do you recall? He just dove under the table. What are you doing? Where did you go? Working. The mic button is just not working today. I don't know what is up (laughs) with it. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sorry about that. Uh, We were talking about... Democrats being held accountable and how people need to hold their side accountable. I, I used your example of sports, for example, and said, uh, you know, so let's look at it as sports. Fans usually, or at least in my case, you know, my fans, Eagles fans, are harsh on the Eagles team when they're not good. And I was saying, why don't political followers, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, why aren't they harsh on their leaders when they're in office? Why are they complacent? Mm-hmm. And I think it just turns into people accept the circumstance because they think 
this is the best option sometimes. Because, for example, I'll just bring up a conversation I had with one of my roommates. He was saying how he thinks the Democrats currently are terrible and they're awful and they obviously don't do good things. They're essentially just bureaucrats. But he was saying that the Republicans are just essentially racist in nature and would do things even worse and make the situation. Nothing would get better with Republicans because they're just racist, he said. He didn't say that word for word, but that's kind of what he alluded to, yeah. Well, it's that's what sounded like what you told me. Is that being unfair to him? I want to make sure I'm, I've got it right. But it reminded me more. So in your analogy of sports teams, when you're rooting for a team, I used to think with the Red Sox, before they started winning pennants, whenever that happened, what was that, 15 years ago or whatever, 2008, was that their first uh, championship, their World Series? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So up until that point, I thought the Red Sox have the best business model in sports. This is exactly how you want your team. You want it to give people hope once in a while, but you don't want to satisfy that hope because once you become a winner, then it becomes your responsibility to win. But when you are on the edge and you put out a good show, but you're just not good enough to beat the Yankees, well, that... That's good. People are happy. They'll take that because you're their team. And even if they sink, even if they find you disgusting that you can't win, they come back and the stands are full because they love baseball and they love their team. And I feel like we're in the same dynamic with uh, politicians. We've got to get to a traffic update, though, so we can talk more about this. But, so, but uh, let's get to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. I don't know what happened to me there. I sounded like a certain scoundrel who's in the state right now. But that's not Mark Christopher. Mark is delightful in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hey, Mark. Yeah, the Sox won their uh, first pennant in 86 years in 2004. They repeated in 2007, 2013, and 2018. I had it all wrong. And despite that, uh, most of the uh, the Boston fan base not in love with the ownership. Despite now. all that. So that's the way it <laughs> typical, goes. Typical, typical. I'm not surprised. Yes. yes. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. But, uh, you know, the northeast part of the country loves baseball. This is a big baseball area. Obviously, the south is a big football area. So uh, people come out and support this team no matter where they are in the standings. And, um, that, and that's how it goes. They have a built-in audience here in the northeast, no doubt about it. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast good afternoon to you it is WTIC Paul and Waterbury hey there thank you for taking my call Todd I am at this very moment in the Martha's Vineyard of Connecticut West Hartford coming out of Whole Foods Market with a spoon for my peanut butter I have peanut butter and saltines for dinner tonight I and are, are you talking about natural peanut butter out no, of one no, of the, no, no, oh, okay. it's Aldi's peanut butter, the cheapest you can get. Let me okay. tell you that. I, I, you know, I, I live a penny by penny, nickel by nickel life. I want to talk about the vineyard. I'm sick of what happened. I got to rethink. I'm so mad about what happened. That the vineyard, the vineyarders, the vineyarders could not take care of 48 people. That used to be my favorite place to go, and not that I have the money to go there very often. But it's a great day trip. Not anymore. I am not going near that damn island. I am. I am so incensed by the fact that those people. And I'm hearing these people. We weren't set up. We weren't set up to take them in. You weren't set up. Well, for one thing, Obama's got an eight-room house mansion there. Not eight room, <laughs> but eight bedroom mansion. Yep. Hotels. It was off season. Forty-eight people. Are you kidding me? And you can't help those people. You know, no, I you're right. Little... One, uh, you know, a mayor or whatever with a, a, a couple of minutes on the phone would have been able to round up everything they needed. No problem. Let me just say this. I saw an immigrant woman yesterday, Todd. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was in Stop and Shop or coming out of Stop and Shop in Waterbury, and there was a woman and her daughter. Looks like she was seven or eight years old, and she has a sign, need money for food. I just lost my job. And I parked my car, and I went up and I talked to her. And I said, so what's happening? You have your daughter out here? Oh, I, I don't have a green card. I don't have papers to get a job or something, she said. Mm-hmm. I said what about your husband? What he's doing? What's he doing? She tells me, well, he's got a temporary job, but it doesn't bring in much money. And I said, listen, I've got to tell you, this is not a good thing to have your daughter out here in the hot sun. This is not a good thing for your da- environment or a situation for your daughter to be in. I said, you really should talk to social services. They'll take care of you. They, they will give you money for food and, and, and shelter and so forth. And she seemed to not have a clue. She, she did seem to speak English. But it broke my heart that I'm seeing this little girl with her mother, and they've got a sign, need money for food. And, you know, I think 
Kamala. So she didn't, she didn't know about social services? Apparently not. You know, she, I don't have a green card. I don't have pay. So they're obviously illegally immigrated into the U.S. Well, they shouldn't have been allowed to be in the U.S. illegally. Okay, but they're here now, and they need to be taken care of. That, that's all. And that's what the immigrants, they bank on that. And I, I, I got to, you know, I mean, there but for the grace of God go we, I suppose. But, you know, Kamala's got to get down on the border and make sure everybody is vetted and make sure everybody comes in the right way. Sure, you can come in, but you got to come in the right way. No, she likes way. just uh, doing the, the new Biden administration thing, standing up, saying everything is fine. There is no problem. That's what they do now. They just cover up and lie and misrepresent the truth and think they can con everybody. Thank you, Paul. Enjoy your peanut butter. 860-522-9842. Let's find out what's going on with your ride home. Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, Steve in New York. Hello, Steve. Hey there, Todd. Um, I don't want to say this about every rich person, but there is something that's uh, similar to a lot of rich people, and that. They know that uh, the way to wealth a lot of times is through delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. And they avoid the enslavement of being in debt to the lender. And that helps them gain their goals of wealth. And why is this uh, information important? Because the bankers who started the, the Federal Reserve knew that principle and they also knew that most of the masses didn't go by that principle it's kind of like uh, similar to a rattlesnake a rattlesnake is very patient and the reason it thrives is because it can coil up and sit all day and wait for a stupid chipmunk to come along mm -hmm. and it pounces and it it in, in injects its venom and it, and it gets its prey and it's very similar, very similar thing that happens with the Federal Reserve. It just waits for stupid people to come along and take out a loan and ensnares them in debt. And they become a, they became a slave of a sort. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, thank you for that, Steve. Bob, you're next on WTIC. Hi, Bob. Hi, I think I called you a few times, but I was up in New York, in the Albany area, and the governor of New York is being investigated by giving a no-bid contract for COVID, COVID uh, testing, just like Lamont did. Mm -hmm. And the investigation is that one of her campaign sponsors uh, was uh, owned part of a COVID uh, testing company, and they gave him a no-bid contract, just like uh, Malloy, Malloy's uh, wife there. You mean uh, Lamont? It it is easy to uh, it is easy to 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 confuse them. Yes, yes, it is. They're identical, but uh, yeah, it was interesting to hear that that another Democrat governor is being investigated for uh, giving a no bid contract. 
Well, what's also interesting is that um, is that it's in the news. Like they have news in New York, and yeah. in Connecticut, we don't really have reporting going on. We don't have in New York. It would be the the semaphore story, and ones like it would be in the news all the time because they have a certain survival instinct, a certain lust for the blood. The the sharks in the media still in in New York, and there is no. Uh, there was none of that lust for the kill in the state of. I shouldn't say none. They occasionally get excited and chase the story, but then they get scared that they're going to get in trouble. Thank you for the call, Bob. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Red Janky joins us now. The dash red dash line dot com. Hey there, Red. Hey, Todd. What's yeah, going on with nice you? What have you been on, uh, uh, chasing? What's that? Nice. Se- I said that's a nice segue uh, for me. Uh, Good. I'm chasing down a story. Um, so Lamont engineered the Seaback deal, right? He engineered uh, a Seaback deal. He negotiated the new wage agreement with yes. state employees. Yes, the latest one. Seaback deal 2022 yeah i just wanted to clarify because there have been lots of seaback agreements through the years right and uh it was officially costed out at 444 million dollars in fiscal 23 it's fiscal impact and and fiscal 2023 you're saying that's the additional cost of this New gift That's that Ned gave to the to the state. Uh huh. Well, the taxpayers was the official estimate when the deal was approved by the legislature. Mm-hmm. They excluded because they couldn't calculate it, so called at the time, the pension expense, the added pension expense. Yes. Well, that adds two hundred million an extra half, almost an extra half mm-hmm. to the total. The deal is actually going to cost the state this year $644 million. Now, how do we know that? We need to uh, give a shout-out to a Democrat, uh, former Comptroller Kevin Lembaugh who created something called OpenCT, which is a database real-time where all the state's expenses are loaded as paid. So going into that database, we find that in August, the state paid $215 million in pension benefits through the state employee retirement system. That's $2.6 billion annualized. Also going into Open Connecticut, we can find that in fiscal 22, the state paid out $2.4 billion. Mm-hmm. There's your $200 million increase. The CBAC deal, CBAC 2022, is costing the state $644 million this fiscal year. 2023, you mean? 
2023. Yes. The pension cost is going up 200 million. Add that to the 444 for all the other costs, the wages, mm -hmm. etc. You arrive at 644 for the That's increase the from the latest CBAC agreement. Correct. This year, next year, the following year, on into the future, over a decade, $6.44 billion. Which uh, Democrats throw around like it means nothing to them, because I guess it's all monopoly money to them. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, of course, Ned Lamont is running around saying he uh, turned a four billion dollar deficit into a one billion dollar surplus which of course he had nothing to do with because mm -hmm. that is a function of the billions of dollars of federal assistance that the state has received and as well the just the, the torrent of individual income tax revenue that the stock market produced yep in its decade-long rally that is now has now ended nine months ago. The market was down again today. So how bad are things so right now in terms of this, uh, this tipping that you described that we went through this year? The which? We, re we reached a tipping point where, where things reversed, where the good times ended and the bad times started to roll in. Yeah, the, the state received billions of federal aid. It will have been spent within months. The state received a gusher of individual income tax revenue generated by the stock, the decade-long bull market in the stock market. That's over as of nine months ago. That gusher is, that torrent is no longer so, curiously, immediately after the election, um, this, this Connecticut comeback is going to disappear like a Cheshire cat's grin. Have we, do, do we have a quantification of, I mean, I'm really interested in the income stream, because I, I, I would like to be able to see projections for how bad we know things to be right now. As we look towards the future, what will that mean in the first of next year and you know, six months after that and such? Those numbers are uh, under uh, study and, and uh, will be available soon. After the election, the, I assume. Well, yeah, actually, uh, with a little hard work by some people in the private sector, shall we say, mm -hmm. uh, they'll be available sooner. Good. But uh, just so your listeners are aware, the CBAC deal um, is was extraordinarily expensive. The latest gift to the unions. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, it was the, the the mission was to craft a deal that prevented a retirement wave. Um, over 5,000 employees out of less than 50 retired last year.
Mm-hmm. So it didn't prevent the retirement wave. The retirement wave was so enormous that Lamont has had to rehire hundreds of state employees. Specifically, he's had to hire 830. So they are not even in... They'll be back on the pension benefit rolls as soon as their temporary employment is over. So the increase of 200,000 in pension benefits, 200 million, excuse me, is actually an undercount because it excludes those temporary rehires who, of course, are receiving wages, not pension payments. And this is all despite the retention bonuses they were paid and uh, which didn't interfere, at least some of them, with their retirement. The the retention uh, benefits is a misnomer. In fact, it's a misnomer on a 180-degree basis. They were wet goodbye kisses. They were paid before they retired. Right, before they needed to uh, announce their decision about whether they were leaving or not. The retirement wave that that should have been prevented and wasn't was triggered by reductions in pension benefits and health care benefits, retirement benefits that take effect on, actually at this point, took effect on July 1st. So the rush out the door was to beat those reductions. So if you retired before July 1st, you retained higher pension and health care benefits. So if you're going to provide incentives for people to stay on the payroll, you pay those incentives in July, not in June. Right. After after you know that you've retained them, not uh, not before they have to decide. Red Janky, thank you, sir. The-red-line.com. That's Red Janky, 860-522-9842. We're going to do rants coming up. Let's talk to Christine in Middletown. Hi, Christine. Hi, Todd. Um, I don't know if you saw that Leora Levy, she released a video of what happened with Richard Blumenthal at the um, WDRC anniversary. Well, he spoke at the end of the ceremony. And a lot of the veterans got up, and they turned their back on him when he spoke. And it was real, because I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. What was your reaction to it? And what was people's reaction to it there? Well, he didn't really get an overwhelmingly uh, good welcome, just put that way. Um, I I can emphasize, if I served in Vietnam, I I would do the same thing. And that's not something to lie about. I, I definitely can understand what those veterans, that's the way they want to show you know he turned her back on them so our veterans repaid the favor mm-hmm. night. all right christine anything else you want us to know well um you did make an interesting point i think it's why we have empathy it's because we have such a strong union presence at public education has definitely gone more liberal the last decade generation so younger kids are being weaned on big government mm-hmm and we have a complicit media that will only show, gives us one message. So I think a conservative voice will they'll get drawn out, and they'll, they'll feel apathetic towards what's going on. 
It is uh, lonely for people who believe in the American system of government. Thank you, Christine. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.